Amen. What a wonderful time of worship we have already had. I tell you, as soon as we pulled into the parking lot, we knew something, was special, something special was going on here. Man, thank you for just a friendly welcome, the hospitality, and uh, I'm just uh, rejoicing with you all. Jennifer, my wife's uh, with me this morning. She teaches middle school here in Powhatan, so if you're a middle school student, look out. Anyways, um, but uh, of course, uh, James and Kara, God bless you guys and your family. Thank you all for your leadership in this church really in this county, and um, man, Ricky and the team and the choir and the kids, man, you guys just took it up a notch. I'm about ready just to dedicate this building today, I mean, this, this renovation today, anyway. But I don't, want, I don't want to do that, but we're just going to kind of get a run and start. We're going to kind of get things revved up a little bit if we can, and when James comes back, it'll just be an extra great time, amen? We're going to look at Acts chapter 3, find Acts chapter 3 in your Bible. We're going to look at that for the next few moments. And of course, I know the Bradshaw family's real involved here. And uh, pray for me because I see Steve more than y'all do. Amen. And uh, man, he is—he is my—he is, is my brother from another mother. And uh, he was texting me yesterday. I had to go down to North Carolina for a funeral, and and he was texting me and uh, a lady named Tammy Walker who works with us. And unfortunately, she was on the text thread. She <laughs> she probably was wishing she wasn't because basically it was just the two of us bantering back and forth. And anyway, so Steve is uh, just love that dear brother, of course, Jan and Hannah. And um, and just really, it's great to be with all of you all. And weren't the kids just fantastic? Man, Woo, you can't go wrong with that. Amen. Wow. And just a great time. So I just want to just praise the Lord. Well, in Acts chapter 3, we're going to get a little reminder today, and you all have already been reminded in praise and worship that there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? And man, I tell you, we need the power of Jesus more than ever, don't we? I mean, we need the power of Jesus to be at work through His church because this world is in a desperate situation. It really is. But I just want to thank you for your partnership in the gospel because the Lord is working through Red Lane and churches like you to really spread the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful because of churches like Red Lane and your partnership with Southern Baptist. It means this. It means that we already had folks in Ukraine. We already had folks there in Eastern Europe as they've been going through the ravages of that horrible invasion. I want you to know that. And thank you for your faithfulness and your giving. Thank you that you make it possible for us to respond and already be there and already be ready to go when there's a hurricane that maybe slams into the Gulf Coast. I just want to thank you for that. I want to thank you that it's possible for us to be involved in helping to plant churches and to do ministry. And this, this amazed me. When I came into this role, they told me that the second largest group of Ethiopians outside of Ethiopia is actually two hours north of Red Lane Baptist Church. I found that amazing. And because of churches like yours, because of Red Lane Baptist, it means that we have a witness to them. I just wrote down a few things for you to know this morning. For instance, now, because of your partnership in the gospel, this morning more than 70, more than 70 SBCB churches are actually worshiping in a language other than English, helping us to reach the nations that have moved here to the Commonwealth of Virginia. Because of your partnership in the gospel, this past year, and still as the world was dealing, many nations were still dealing with shutdown and were dealing with COVID, over 422 new international missionaries were sent by your mission board. 247 new people groups were engaged. Folks, I want you to know that the Lord is up to something. Amen? And then you just look at what He's doing right here in your midst. You look at what He's doing through Red Lane Baptist Church. But loved ones, here's my message today. 
And, and you're reminded of this in Acts chapter 3, really in Acts chapter 3 and chapter 4, and really throughout the whole book of Acts, what we're reminded of is the power is not in and of ourselves. Amen? It's because of Jesus Christ. i tell you what you've done this morning. You've made much of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what you've done. Now, I know the county fair is going on. I know prom was last night and all these different things are going on. And they're all fun and well and good. Bottom line is this. There's something different about you. There's something unique about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's because we're to make much of the name of Jesus. Amen? And the Bible tells us there's no other name under heaven by which a man may be saved other than the name of who? Say it with me. Jesus. And so today, I just want to reinforce that. Because we cannot do this in our own strength. We can't serve God and minister in our own power. Eventually, you're just going to kind of peter out. You know, I, I tell you, if, if there's anything the past couple years should have taught us as the people of God, it's this. Is that we aren't in charge. We really aren't in control. We really don't have the power in and of ourselves. I tell you, I still think back to the day I was walking through the public supermarket not far from here. And my wife texted me, or maybe, maybe it was a phone call, but you, I remember you, you pinged me. And Jennifer said this. She said, Stephanie just told me that there's a run on toilet paper, so while you're there, go ahead and pick up a few rolls of toilet paper, all right? And I'm thinking to myself, what kind of crazy talk is that? We live in the United States of America. We don't ever run out of toilet paper, all right? Now, I've been to other parts of the world, and I'm telling you, something in America has figured out better than a lot of places is how to do a bathroom, all right? I'm just telling you that, all right? But... I'm thinking, this is crazy. Until I went down that, that road, until I went down that aisle, and to my shock, I was like, there is no toilet paper. And, uh, and so I did what, did what you did. I started buying anything that was halfway close to toilet paper. I started buying Kleenexes. I started buying uh, paper towels, you name it. I knew we were on a borderline crisis in our household when I walked into the bathroom and my, and my wife had taken, to, uh, had taken paper towels and had cut them into little tiny slips. Of, and I knew, boy, we're, 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 in a new, we're in a new level here. And then I was out in southwest Virginia preaching, and it was the weekend right before the governor said churches and anything and everything is going to be shut down. And I remember I was way in Southwest Virginia, and they didn't have a COVID case to their name. They just kind of thought it was a Northern Virginia, kind of a Hampton Roads, maybe a Richmond problem. And so I thought, well, here, you know, I, I got there early that Sunday morning, and I see a Walmart there. So I go into the Walmart, and I think, well, maybe these folks haven't lost their minds, and I'll get some toilet paper while I'm here in Southwest Virginia. And I went in there, and they didn't have any toilet paper either. Those folks had already snatched up everything they could get their hands on. So I tell you what, you want a reminder that we're not in, that we're not in charge. We need to, here's what I do. Just you, guys, just you look at that. Every time you see toilet paper from now on, you ought to remember that we need the power of Jesus. Amen? <laughs> I'm telling you, honest God, truth. Folks, I'm telling you, you know, it, it, my, my concern has been this, that if we're not careful, we will have wasted a good crisis. That we will have not come to terms with the fact that what Peter and John make very plain in Acts chapter 3, and that is this, that it takes the name of Jesus Christ to change lives. Amen? So listen to God's Word. Acts chapter 3. Let me read some of these verses, starting in verse 1. The Bible says this. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. That would be like 3 p.m. in the afternoon. 
And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. He was there begging for a handout. And then look at, look at verse 4. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said this, look at us. In verse 5, he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Isn't that what you would have expected if you were the beggar? I mean, he was, they had just said, he's there begging, they had just said, hey, listen, hey, look at us. I mean, of course he was thinking that he was going to receive some money from them. He was going to get some kind of handout from them. I mean, it's just like, it's just like, for instance, you know, if you'd pull up to the intersection and there's someone standing there with, with a cardboard sign and it's got some spiel on there and, it's, and they're asking for money. Y'all ever seen that? You ever seen that? And you pull up there to the intersection and if you're not going to give them a handout, you do not want to make eye contact. Amen? You don't want to do that. Here's, here's what you probably do if you're like me. You just start like, like you're, you start looking around the da- in the dashboard. You start looking around the floor, in the floor. You start act like you're checking some messages on the telephone. You don't want to make eye contact because you're for sure, if you make eye contact with that beggar, they're going to think they're going to get some money. That's what this guy was thinking, folks. But man, something's getting ready to happen to him. He fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. And then look at verse 6. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold. And right then, he must have been like, well, thank you very much. (laughs) But what I do have, he says this, I give to you. And then catch this. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he raised him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. And leaping up, leaping up, he never walked a day in his life. We know that he actually had a congenital, uh, uh, a medical condition. He had never walked in his life. He goes from being lame to leaping. This is amazing. He stood and he began to walk and entered the temple with them and walking and leaping and praising God, verse 9, and all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Loved ones, today I want you to think for a few moments with me about why we must keep pressing on, not in our name, Not even in the name of Red Lane Baptist, but in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Because Jesus is the name that changes lives. It's Jesus Christ is the one who transforms us. Jesus Christ is the one who changes his life. And I tell you, I tell you, you want to see God, you want to see God continue just to work dynamically through Red Lane Baptist Church. I mean, you're on a, you're on a, you're on a road, you got the same name. Of course you know this name. But loved ones, I tell you what you're up to right now. What the Holy Spirit of God is doing in and through you all is this. Is you're making much of the name of Jesus. The name above all names. Father, I just pray today you will encourage this congregation. Whom, Lord, Jennifer and I can just tell you, Lord, you're up to something here. Wonderful way. God, I just pray today that you will just reinforce for us how important it is for us to serve you and to minister to others, not in our own strength or our own power, but in the name of Jesus Christ. Because, Lord Jesus, you're the one that changes lives. It's your power, not ours. 
So God, encourage us with that truth today so we may keep pressing on in the ministry that you've put before us in reaching this community in which we live. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So really, that's the point I want to reinforce for you today, that there is power in the name of Jesus Christ, because that's really what the text is about. It's understanding, excuse me, it's understanding this, that there is absolutely no, no power that changes lives like Jesus Christ does. It is amazing to see what the Lord Jesus has done in the lives of these folks in the book of Acts. And, and, and really, there's three aspects of this I want to point out for you today. Here's the first one. Keep pressing on in the name of Jesus Christ because there are hopeless persons. There are hopeless persons. You see, people are powerless to handle some problems on their own. Now, there are some problems perhaps you can take care of on your own. But loved ones, there are some problems in which people are powerless to handle on their own. This man, this man had been lame from birth. That's the fact that makes his healing absolutely all the more dramatic and so compelling. It's because this man, this man, he no doubt had tried different things and he had reconciled himself to the fact that he was going to spend his entire life living like this. He just thought this was another day doing what he'd done almost every day of his life. And loved ones, there are people around us all, all the time like that. They're thinking there's no hope for their life to be transformed. There's no hope for their life to be changed. They don't think there's any hope. There's any answer. That there's anywhere else that they can turn. And sometimes we may not realize we live in the midst of such hopelessness. Because especially where we live, we can see folks maybe of a certain means. We see folks trying different things. We see folks going about their daily routine. But the bottom line is this, is all around us there's hopelessness. I mean, really, when you, when, when you look at this man, what I actually take away from it is, picture this, he's laying there outside the temple. Passing by him were all these folks going in to this place of religious activity. There's all kinds of religious activity that takes place around us. Now, everybody who walked by the lame man knew something. Most of them probably felt sorry for him. A lot of them probably had just kind of gotten used to seeing him there because he was there all the time. Here's what always strikes me in this episode in the Bible. Is down deep, take the physical out of it, take and just look at it spiritually. This lame man, well... He wasn't the only lame person there at the temple that day. You see, every single person walking by him, they were lame too. They just didn't know it. You see, this guy, because of his physical situation, he knew he was lame. He knew he had a need. He knew he was in a hopeless, helpless situation. I tell you, I think about all the folks walking by him that threw him some chump change. I think about all the folks that just went by there day after day doing their kind of religious activity, not realizing how much they really needed Jesus. They're the folks, when I read this episode, that I think about. Loved ones, there are hopeless, hopeless persons all around us. At least this man knew he was lame. Spent his entire life that way. And loved ones, there is hopelessness 
and helplessness and need all around us. That's why it's so important for us to continue to make much about the name of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus equals hope. Amen? And, and, and what you see in the Bible is you see repeatedly how Jesus would go and he would minister to folks. How he would heal the paralytic and how he would minister to this person in need and how he would show up here and how he would meet needs and how he would point them to the truth of God's word. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 9 that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. People are like sheep, the Bible tells us, and they're without a shepherd. You know, sheep is a very interesting thing for the Bible to compare us to because the reality is, is we don't, we, we don't see sheep a whole lot, you know. I mean, there might be some folks. I don't know if there's any folks in Powhatan that raise sheep or not. There might be. But that was a very, very easy-to-understand illustration for folks in Bible times because they saw people with sheep all the time. Now, sheep are an interesting animal because you're never going to see a pack of wild sheep, <laughs> I mean, sheep, sheep are absolutely dependent. Sheep really don't do a good job of taking care of themselves. They fall over, they can't get up. They get lost easily. They're constantly, constantly trying to kind of get into trouble, it seems like. They're always thinking that the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. And really what sheep need is sheep need a shepherd. They need a shepherd. To help them when they fall down. They need a shepherd to make sure they don't starve to death. They need a shepherd to make sure they're healthy and whole. Loved ones, we live in a world, we live in the midst of people that desperately need a shepherd. And the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ, he's the great shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. We live in a world of hopeless people if it weren't for Jesus Christ. Chuck Swindoll said this, he said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would send us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, so God sent us a Savior. Jesus Christ is the Savior, and that's why we proclaim him. That's why we share Jesus Christ. Honestly, that's why, that's why you're to be about greeting folks and doing the hospitality you were doing out there in the foyer. It's why you minister and teach these children about Jesus Christ. It's why, it's why you, you, you teach the scriptures. It's why you have preaching that honors the Lord Jesus Christ. It's why you've sung these songs today about the Lord Jesus Christ, because it's the name of Jesus Christ that transforms lives and changes families. They're hopeless, hopeless people. They're really hopeless problems. But I tell you what you see here is, is the heart of the matter is verse 6. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man, they take him by the hand, and the man stands up. He leaps, and he's able to walk for the first time in his life. See, the second reason you keep pressing on is just because there's hopeless problems, but there's healing power. Oh, there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a wonderful name it is, Jesus Christ. Just, just think about the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's what they said. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Oh, just think about his name, Jesus. Isn't, isn't that such a wonderful name? Just think about the name of Jesus. 
In Matthew chapter 1, the Bible says that she will bear a son, and you shall call his name what? Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Jesus. Can you imagine life if you never had heard the name Jesus? There are people in this world, they've never heard the name of Jesus. There are even people right here in Central Virginia whom, whom, whom maybe they've heard the name Jesus. They probably have, but they don't really know who he is. They don't know that he's the one that the Bible tells us that can save people from their sins. I didn't... I, I, I pastored not very far from this church, and I can tell you there were folks. That I, th I always think about our Christmas Eve services, and, and folks would come Christmas Eve, and sometimes I would be told afterwards, or, or even when someone was being invited to come to a Christmas Eve service, and the person would say, well, why would I go to church on Christmas Eve? What does that have to do with Christmas? And that's right here. I remember one time a lady was commenting after one of our Christmas Eve services, and she said, well, everything was fine. The music was nice and all this and that. The preacher was okay. But y'all sure do make a big deal about Jesus Christ. That was a Christmas Eve service, for goodness sakes. But it just didn't compute. Loved ones, we, even right here, live in a community that needs to know the name of Jesus. Just say that with me aloud. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Christ, Colossians 1, 20 says, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Jesus Christ, Christ, he's the Messiah. He is God's anointed one. He is the Savior. He's the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I always find it interesting. He's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He's not called here Jesus Christ of heaven, and by this time in the book of Acts, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's not called Jesus Christ of Jerusalem, which is where he wrapped up his ministry. It's where the empty tomb is. I was in Israel the other year, and we went to Jerusalem, and man, I tell you, there's so many wonderful sites. I think some folks from here just went to Israel not too long ago, and I know Pastor James, we were just talking this week. We're hoping to be able to take some folks back again in, uh, in 2023. Beloved ones, understand this. When I was in Israel, you know what they told me? They said, well, you don't need to worry with going over to Nazareth. That's just kind of a dusty little old town. You know, I love the fact that Jesus Christ is referred to as Jesus Christ of Nazareth because that tells me that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of any town USA and anywhere in the world. Amen. That he works in the lives of ordinary folks just like you and me. He's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, there's power in the name of Jesus. Let me give you a few examples. There's power in the name of Jesus to make you well. In Acts chapter 4, verse 10, just a few highlights here for you. The Bible says, by the name of Jesus, the man is standing before you well. Jesus Christ is the reason he was made well. You know there's power in the name of Jesus to make you well. Throughout the Gospel of John, you read about some of the signs that Jesus did. For instance, in John 2, Jesus changes water into wine, reminding us that Jesus is the joy for our disappointments. In John chapter 4, he heals the nobleman's son, and Jesus is the assurance for their doubts. In John chapter 5, he heals the paralytic, and Jesus is the strength for whatever your disability. In John chapter 6, he feeds the 5,000, teaching us that Jesus is the satisfaction for our desire. In John chapter 9, he heals the blind man, and Jesus, there is the light for our darkness. In John chapter 11, famously, amazingly, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, and Jesus is life for death. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. 
It's amazing that Lazarus never says a word in the Bible, by the way. He never does. His life just speaks the truth that Jesus changes your life. You ever, you ever thought about what it must have been like to, to have been Lazarus? I wonder what it was like to when Lazarus, you know, he, he's brought back from the grave. I can just imagine him sitting there talking to one of his friends. And what, what are you going to say to Lazarus after he's been brought back from the dead? Well, do you feel better now, buddy? I mean, you know, I mean, what do you say? I mean, you know, <laughs> what was it like? Are you glad to be back? I mean, I don't know. What do you, what would, what, he, he never has a conversation. It's like his life just speaks. Oh, those folks knew that Jesus, Jesus was the one that changes everything. Oh, there's power in the name of Jesus to produce answered prayer. John 14, 13, whatever you ask in my name, that I'll do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, by the way, that's the key right there, remembering that that answered prayer ultimately glorifies God. Sometimes God answers prayer not exactly the way I would have picked, but he does answer. There's power in the name of Jesus to get, into, to get us into heaven, Acts 4, 12. Nor is there salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's power in the name of Jesus to enable us to battle evil. In 1 Peter 5, 8, the Bible uh, warns us there that there's one who lurks and wants to devour us. But Luke chapter 10, verse 17, the 70 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Loved ones, there's power in the name of Jesus. I don't know if you remember this. This happened a, few, a couple of years ago. I think it was 2018. There was a situation where it was in the state of Hawaii. You remember this in the news? That on like those big signs that you'll see like out on the interstate that tell you like if there's road work or there's been an automobile accident. It said, it said on one of these huge signs, listen to this, January 2018, Hawaii emergency alert, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii, seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Do you remember when that happened? Can you imagine you're driving down the interstate? You're driving down the highway, you see a sign run by the government, and it says, take cover, this isn't a drill, a missile is inbound. Needless to say, for a few minutes in Hawaii, people were panicking. Why, why, did they, why were they so, you know, concerned? Why did they get so worked up? It's because it was in the name of the state of Hawaii that they were given that alert. Loved ones, there's something about an authority that gets our attention. There is authority in the name of Jesus. That's my point. There's authority in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There's power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there was healing power, and it changed this man who had a hopeless problem. And what it results in is what I just kind of call hallelujah impact. Because what you see is the third reason to keep pressing on, not only is because there's hopeless problems, keep pressing on because there's healing power, but keep pressing on because there's this impact. There's this hallelujah impact. I call it hallelujah because, because actually this man just begins walking, the Bible says in verse 8, leaping and praising God. And the, and the Bible says this in verse 9, all the people saw him walking and praising God recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And catch this the end of verse 10, they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. 
First of all, this man's own life is transformed. He's now walking and praising God instead of sitting there just begging. People at the temple are amazed. You know, people are still amazed at a transformed life. People are still amazed when they hear your testimony of what Jesus Christ has done in your life. Now, by the way, some people are not, aren't amazed. Some people are annoyed. You see that in Acts chapter 4. It actually tells us that the religious establishment was, quote, greatly annoyed. But oh, later, many, the Bible tells us, were astonished by the boldness of their witness. Oh, he's transformed. People were amazed. The gospel is proclaimed. You see that in Acts chapter 3, verse 12. You see that over in Acts chapter 4. I read through both those chapters this morning before coming over to church. What you see in Acts chapter 4 verse 24 is you see because of their focus on the name of Jesus, they keep pressing on and they're united more than ever. In Acts 4.24, the Bible says they lifted their voices together. You want to see a church that's united. It's a church that is more focused on the name of Jesus than anything else. You want to know why there's a sense of unity and focus here? It's because you folks have said, listen, it's the name of Jesus that needs to be lifted up more than my name, more than your name. I'm convinced that a few things would change the dynamic and the atmosphere of so many churches. One is simply this. If people would just say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit and let me get empty of myself. And then it would be making much of the name of Jesus and nothing else. They're united. And then the mission continues. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31, we're told that they prayed and the place in which the church were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So here's a few action steps for you. Pray for boldness. You're going to need to pray for boldness in this day and age. You need to see the person. Don't just see the crowd. They saw the person. They saw a man that so many folks just saw as just sitting there. They saw the person. You need to keep believing that Jesus saves. I think sometimes we're just not sure Jesus can save that person. You ever found yourself there? I'm just not sure Jesus can save him. Don't you know that's what they had thought about the Apostle, Saul, about the Apostle Paul when he was Saul? Don't you know they were, they were like, wow, who got saved? There might be somebody in this county like, ain't no way that brother ever going to get saved. Man, you believe Jesus saves. But it means this, you've got to keep sharing the gospel. You've got to keep sharing the gospel. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2, Therefore, because Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, God has highly exalted him and given him the name, not a name, the name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. I think it was Paul Harvey who told this story. The story's about a three-year-old little boy. I was thinking about it, watching these little boys and little girls singing up here today. His mom had taken him to the grocery store. It could have been a dad taking him. In this, in this instance, it was a mom who had run to the grocery store with the little boy, just wanted to pick up a few things. She puts him in the shopping cart. She puts his little seatbelt on him, and she says, Listen, we're going to run in the store. Mommy needs to pick up a few things really, really quick. Now, her little boy had already developed kind of a habit. Every time he went to the store with her, he was always asking her for a treat. And she knew he was probably going to start begging her for chocolate chip cookies because he loved chocolate chip cookies. 
And so she looked at him. She said, son, listen to me. We've got to run in this store real quick. And mommy doesn't have time for your mess right now. Okay, anybody ever been there, mom and dad? Don't be asking me for a bunch of chocolate chip cookies. We're going to go in. I know I've got my list. We're going to get what I need to get, and we're going to get out of here. You, you understand, mommy? Yes, mommy. No sooner they'd walked in that store, he's like, hey, mommy, can we go over to He knew what. Them little, little guys are smart. They, boys and girls, they know it's chocolate chip cookies are on aisle five. Can we go over there and get some, me some chocolate chip cookies, mommy? She says, son, did I not tell you just a few minutes ago? Don't you be asking me for any chocolate chip cookies. Okay, mommy. They're walking down. She goes back. And wouldn't you know, one of them tables, they stick out in the middle of the aisle sitting right there. And it's nothing but chocolate chip cookies all over it on sale. <laughs> Mommy, do you see the chocolate chip cookies? She, so, she looks around because you kind of kind of look around nowadays. People might be videoing you. And she says, listen to me. <laughs> she says, listen to me. Don't you ask me again for chocolate chip cookies. I'll give you a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> he kind of hunkers down in his seat. Okay. They get to the checkout. Don't you love the way they have little things packaged at the checkout for you? <laughs> he looks over, and right there between the gum and the candy, wouldn't you know it, there's some Chips Ahoy, four packs of chocolate chip cookies made just for his little three-year-old hands. Mommy. She's paying him any attention. She's like, I'm home free. She's getting the stuff there on the belt. She's getting ready. They're checking it out, bagging it up. He looks around. He thinks he's desperate. He's desperate. That little guy unbuckles his little seatbelt while she's not watching, stands up in the shopping cart, puts his hands towards the heavens, and yells out, in the name of Jesus, would somebody get me some chocolate chip cookies? <laughs> now, the crazy thing is, is the folks up in the front kind of react like you did. They laughed at the thought it was the cutest thing they'd ever seen. And you know what happened? Like 24 folks, I'm told, bought this kid chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> so somewhere there's a grown man somewhere in the world that really believes that there's power in the name of Jesus is what I'm telling you. Because it changed his life that day. Loved ones, here's my point. Here's my point. Do you really believe there's power in the name of Jesus? So, as we, as we end the service today, I just want to ask you, would you, just, would you just stand to your feet and bow your heads with me? And, and I want to just ask right now, maybe there's a prayer. Maybe there's a prayer that's on your heart. Just bow your heads and, and close your eyes just so you kind of focus here and not get too distracted. Is there, is, there, is there some prayer that's really on your heart? And you're just, you're just, you've grown tired of praying it. Pray it. Pray it again in Jesus' name. Maybe you've, maybe you've got some kind of pain or suffering or hardship in your life. And you're just not sure what to do with it. Just, just, Accept the invitation of Jesus for him to be the one you turn to. Maybe there's a person. Maybe there's a person. I have one of these people in my life. There's times I've just thought, Lord, I just don't know if he'll ever get saved. Just pray for him right now. Pray for her right now in Jesus' name that God would give them the faith they need to have. 
that they would hear the gospel. They've probably heard it. Maybe they've heard it through their blue in the face. Maybe the Lord is prompting you to share it with them again. Maybe you're just so disgusted, and I can see why, so irritated, so upset, so wrought with anxiousness and worry with what you see going on in the culture. Maybe you're like me. There's been times I said, Lord, I don't even know why I would pray for revival anymore. Friend, don't you know this world has been in desperate straits before? So maybe, maybe it's time for us again to begin to just pray for revival again. Because there's power in the name, isn't there? Would you just say his name with me? Jesus. He's the Alpha and the Omega, friend. He's the anchor. He's almighty. He's the bread of life. He's the beginning and the end. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the door. He's the deliverer. He's Elohim. He's Emmanuel. He's the first and the last. He's the friend of sinners. He's the great high priest. He's your good shepherd. He's the great physician. A to Z. There's no other name like the name of Jesus. Amen? Father, I pray for your hand upon this church positioned in this strategic middle part of a growing county with people who work in positions of influence might be a school teacher Lord might be a doctor I think about all the moms and dads and the grandparents here who's more influential than that Father I pray that these boys and girls will be being raised in a church family where they walk away and they say wow Jesus is the name above all names. If you're here today and you've never yielded your life to Jesus Christ, you've never surrendered your life to Him as Lord and Savior, won't you do that today? Don't leave this place without talking with one of the representatives of this church, one of their pastors. Father, I pray your blessing on James and Brad as they're at the conference. Lord, I pray that you will just guard and protect the leaders of this church and their families. God, the members of this church as they partner together in proclaiming you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, may you be made famous. Your name be made famous through the ministry of Red Lane Baptist Church. God, help them to keep pressing on, I pray. If anyone's looking for a church home, God, I pray they would just sign on here and they'd get about making you famous, Jesus. So God, work as we sing this song of response. In Christ's name we pray. We trust that you and your family have been encouraged and blessed today. If you have just made a decision to follow Jesus, or if you would like to pray with someone, or even if you want to know more about our church, please contact our church office or send us an email. We are looking forward to seeing you next week here in person or online. See you then.